Father God, we come before you, my Lord, and we bring it all, Father God. We bring all our Isaacs. We bring all our issues. We bring all our idolatries. We bring all our worries, our concerns, our doubts, my God, and we just lay them before you right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We exalt you, my God, to the highest place. We exalt your son to the highest place, and we exalt your spirit, my God, to the highest place. Here we are, my Lord, broken before you, Lord, ready to go to another level of glory, my God. We're anxious in this wilderness season, my God, for what you're going to do at the end of it, my God. We're just excited, Lord, and nothing that happens in the natural is going to deter us from this excitement. We are happy and we are rejoicing in your spirit, my Lord, and wherever there are those that are not at that place in you, my God, we mourn for them, Lord. We humble ourselves in the spirit and unite with them to help encourage and lift them up, my God, in the anointing of Christ Yeshua. Father, we ask you to forgive us of our sins and forgive those who sinned against us, my Lord. And uh, we also forgive those who sinned against us, Lord. And we ask the slate be purged clean for all saints, my Lord, for all souls, my God, as it regards to us. We pray, my God, peace in the spirit realm, Lord. We pray, Father God, that as you're transforming us from glory to glory, that we have confidence and courage, my God, to enter into that next glory and to submit to its purpose and its will and its direction in our life. We pray, Father God, that this word, my God, be completely from you, that the direction of this word be completely from you, and that the fullness of this word be completely from you, that your glory and that your majesty might be realized and that your son may receive the reward of his suffrage. We thank you, my God, and we continue to lift you up. But also important, my God, we pray for the spirit of love between the brothers and sisters. We pray for a unity and agreement in the spirit realm. We pray, Father God, for an elevation and a spirit of peace and a shalom to enter across the room, Lord. And we pray, Father God, wherever there is any conflict or disagreement, Lord, we pray, my God, that your harmony of your stuff, the harmony of your Holy Spirit may bring an end to it, Lord. We pray for this in Yeshua's mighty name and the body of Christ says, can we get an amen in the house of the Lord? Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. So saints, when we met last, we talked about this whole point that in order to go to the next glory, in order to go to the next glory, something's got to die. Now, when you talk about death, death doesn't sound good. It means something has to die to go to the next glory. But what's dying is something that never should have existed. What's dying is some spirit entity. I'm not talking about a sentient spirit. God's going to deal with those. I'm talking about a spirit of being or a spirit of thinking or a spirit of feeling or a spirit of, of attitude or posture of heart. That was never meant to be. We were always meant to be completely clothed in the Holy Spirit covered by the glory of God. When we became naturally conscious, we created a spirit of confusion within our mortal being because we started thinking that the flesh came before the spirit, but in reality, Christ said that the spirit is everything and the flesh comes from nothing. So the flesh says the flesh is everything and the spirit counts for nothing. So now we have this conflict. And so what has to die is a good thing. What has to die is a good thing. 
And we need to rejoice over the death of that which was not meant to be in the glory of God. Whatever is meant to be in the glory of God has eternity in it. But whatever is not in the glory of God has death in it. So what's actually dying is something that's dead already, but we're the ones giving it life. This is important for us to understand. And I'm not, notice I'm not talking about specifics because who knows what glory God is taking you through, but you and God. You might not even know what glory God is taking you through, but God does know. And your faith in him causes you to die in that area, dying to self in this particular area in order to go to the next glory. Uh, Abraham had to die to the love of his son Isaac in order to go to the next glory. Jacob had to die to his belief in his swindling skills before he could go to the next glory. Joseph had to experience a humbling before he could go to the next glory. So in a form of speaking, the glory that he was going into, he had to die to his own ego and his own personage. And it does appear that he did do all those things almost in excellence and perfect excellence. In fact, biblically, it does appear that he did it excellently. We don't know all the intimate details, but as the story is told in the word of God, he did an excellent job of dying to become Zaphonath Penea. And so to you and I are dying in some area of our life in order to enter into the next level of glory. And it may look like we're losing something, but we're actually gaining something because we're going into a glory that is more eternal than the glory that we were in before. And we are in a glory. As soon as you give your life to the Lord, you're in a glory immediately because you receive the Holy Spirit the indwelling presence of Christ, and Christ has dubbed you son and or daughter, okay? And well, you can't be a son and a daughter. Son or daughter of the Father in the Spirit. You become his children again, spiritually speaking. So that's a glory in and of itself. And then God takes you from glory to glory to an ever-increasing glory. And sometimes this gets uncomfortable, right? Because we, we tend to look for emotional comforts. We, 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 and sometimes we actually just string one emotional comfort after another emotional comfort. And we don't like getting stretched and we don't strive anymore because we're looking for a comfortable place, okay? And so God didn't have them in the wilderness in a comfortable place, right? because they were in the wilderness, they didn't have a home to call their own, they were wanderers in the desert, and they were eating manna from the sky for quite a season, and they just, they didn't have a sense of their direction, and, and that's important to note that they couldn't really fathom what God was doing with them. If they had fathomed it, perhaps they wouldn't have been so disobedient, but they couldn't fathom it, because God wanted their eyes completely focused on him. How many of you ever heard that term, give it to Jesus? And how many of us have ever struggled giving something to Jesus? Now, I'm not talking about, now I've heard this term used, give it to Jesus in a very unrighteous context. It's a form of irresponsibility, a form of rebellion while saying they're giving it to Jesus, but they're not operating in righteousness. So you give it to Jesus, but you're operating in unrighteousness. You didn't really give it to Jesus. Giving it to Jesus means you're going to operate in righteousness and you're going to let Jesus handle it. 
a lot of people will say, oh, I'm just going to give that to Jesus. But really what they really mean is they're going to do whatever they feel like doing, and then they're going to just put Jesus's name on it. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about that, right? And so you hear that term, give it to Jesus. What it means is that we've made this decision to walk in righteousness, regardless of what it might look like in the natural realm. We're going to surrender our idolatry of needing something in the natural realm to confirm a spiritual reality. That's a whole mouthful right there. We're going to die to the to our idolatry of needing something to happen in the natural realm to confirm our spiritual reality. See, that's a glory of its own to be transformed into another higher level of glory. In the case of Abraham's son Isaac, Isaac was righteous because he's the heir to the throne. He's the heir, the patriarch who carries the seed of the prophecy of Genesis 3.15. So Isaac was righteous, and there was nothing unrighteous about Abraham having a son, Isaac, and there was nothing unrighteous about Abraham loving Isaac. But when God told him to take him up on the mountain and sacrifice him, what needed to die was Abraham's idolatry with needing to see physically Isaac rising up to be his heir. He had to be willing to die to that idolatry, but, he, but Isaac was the heir. So God then gave him a ram in the thicket. And there are a lot of idolatries that we sometimes have to die to in order so we can be evolved, so we can evolve into a next level of glory. Okay, and it may not be that God's going to take the actual thing or person or situation or whatever it is, but he might need you to die to the idolatry of needing to see that in the natural progress as you would like it to progress in the natural before you'll confirm spiritual truths. Mm. And so you got to give God the opportunity to give you the ram in the thicket. If Abraham didn't take Isaac on to the mountain, there would have been no ram in the thicket. If he didn't raise the knife to strike Isaac, he wouldn't have seen the ram in the thicket. We've got to make room for God to give us the ram in the thicket. And whatever is righteous, God will make sure it stays righteous. And whatever is not righteous... Well, it needed to die anyway. And see, when we start to develop that heart, we then become prepared. It says that Jesus, when he finished his time, and we, we, we got seven days left, right? We're on day 33. We got seven. These next seven days, these next seven days is preparatory. Coming out of the desert and entering into the promised land. We're talking in the spirit realm here. This is a preparatory phase for our glory. A glory to increase you to another level of glory past the glory that you're already at. And I'm hoping and praying for some of you, I know for myself, but I'm hoping and praying for some of you that it's it's one of those glories you weren't able to hold on to in the past. One of those glories you saw in the distance, but you constantly struggled to get there. And now this is going to be your season. Amen. To go into that glory and to enter into that glory in power and authority. Hallelujah. Because that's what happened, right? When they came out of the when they came out of the wilderness into the promised land, Joshua led them with power and authority into the promised land. And he said, Do not fear these people, 
Do not be terrified by them. I am with you. I am, my hand is upon you and you shall be victorious. So be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous, Santo. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So I'm praying, be praying for all of you that you're going to enter into this glory with a great, great courage and that you're going to be courageous and that you're breaking through to a higher level of consciousness within Christ Yeshua. But when they went into the promised land, hallelujah, when they, amen, 1 Corinthians 14, uh, verses, uh, 1 Corinthians 14 through 16. I, I, I'm not sure I understand that. It says 1 Corinthians 14 through 16, 13, I know. But anyway, it says, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. Praise God. I, I thank you, uh, Evangelist Hetty Dumas, who likes to jump in and give us that morning espresso. Amen. That spiritual espresso to launch us into our day. And so they went into the promised land with power and authority. Now, when Christ died, because we're talking right about dying in some area to go to the next level of glory, right? When Christ literally died, he came up out of the water. And when he came up out of the, I'm excuse me, when Christ literally died, he was resurrected. I'm sorry. And when he was resurrected, it says that he went to meet his disciples. Now, I want you to understand that at the very core of everything you go through is this purpose. Remember, we're supposed to seek first the kingdom and its righteousness. So we're spending a lot of time talking about its righteousness. Now we're going to spend some time talking about seeking the kingdom. And it says in Matthew chapter 28, starting in the 16th verse, it says, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always until the very end of the age. And surely I am with you always even until the very end of the age. You understand that every glory that God is taking you through is for the purpose of your salvation and the salvation of others through the preaching work that God has assigned to you. Some of you, your preaching work is just a living example for others. Your preaching work is the support of the ministry. For others, your preaching work is the actual preaching and evangelizing. To some, the preaching work is the shepherding of the souls who have already been saved. But in every case, all of us are playing some role in this great commission. And you've got to admit that this dying is important because before the dying, we could only do so much of the Great Commission. Come on, let's be honest with ourselves right here, right here, right now. Let's get down to the nuts and bolts of serving God. That idolatry, that Isaac, that thing that you need to die to, how many times has it gotten in the way of advancing the kingdom of God? How many times has it gotten away? How many times has it got in the way of you doing what God has called you to do. You see, at every level of glory, God exposes a greater calling upon your life. Every level of glory, there's a greater calling. God gives not only just to give, but so that 
it what he gives can be used in the service of the kingdom in his righteousness. And so this area that you have to diet, if you spend so much time thinking, oh, I've got to die with this, I've got to die. Oh, how miserable. But if you start focusing on once I die to this, imagine what I can accomplish now for God in the glory. We're talking to those who are already in a glory in the love of God, now looking to go to another glory in the love of God. And so that which you're going to die to, just as Christ had to give up his physical life in order for him to give this word, the Great Commission. So to you are dying and better receiving this word, this commission, this assignment to serve in the spirit of God. And, and, and you know, there's life, right now, I want you to hear this. There's life in the commission. See, outside of the commission is mediocrity. Outside of the commission is boredom. Outside of the commission is death. But there's life in the commission. Christ says, I leave the 99 that I might go search after the one. There are a lot of people struggling in their walk because and they're in some kind of a spiritual malaise. They don't, they, they're not moving forward. They're not moving backward. It's kind of boring. They're a little sleepy, you know, and it, that's happening because there's some staleness and the staleness is an absence of vibrance and that vibrance comes from the commission. <laughs> that, that's where it comes from. The service of the Lord. And so when these, when the Israelites were approaching the promised land, we're seven days away from this wilderness, saints. When the Israelites were approaching the promised land, things started to get a little bit exciting for God. I don't know how exciting it got for the people, but I know it was getting exciting for God, and God was ready. And he's like, okay, Moses, you're not going in. Joshua, you're taking over. And then he gave that powerful word to Joshua. And when he said, be strong and courageous, be very strong and courageous, not fear these people. Take the promised land. Hallelujah. And so I want you to know, saints, we're seven days. We're going to spend the next seven days. We're going to spend it loving the souls. We're going to talk about that need to love the souls. You know, God has been working on me the last couple of days. He's been working on me with my stinking thinking. He says, listen, I want you to change the thought processes of your mind. I need you to change the thought processes. He says, when you see the people, you need to see them from an evangelical salvation perspective. You need to see them from the perspective of the glory. Hallelujah. That's how you need to see them. Is that person saved? Are they not saved? Can they going to make it? Should you share your faith with them? You've got you've to get to that place in your spirit where you're operating in the apostolic in every moment of your being, in everybody that you see, in everybody that you encounter. I have made you an apostle for a purpose. And now instead, you've allowed your mind to drift and your mind have drifted into thinking about getting assignments done for a job and thinking about managing. I got all that. I got all that. <laughs> okay. I got that. I need you to start thinking apostolically. And so God's been working on me the last few days. As you see how your mind's from, get your mind out of that. Get your mind into this. You see what your mind is here? Get your mind out of that. Get your mind. And, and it's been an amazing time for me. So I don't know for you. What is it God has you dying to? Sometimes we can get so caught up in our own issues 
that we can forget that we're on assignment. And the reason why we're caught up in our own issues so much is because there's something in us that's alive that needs to be dead. Now, I'm not talking about being irresponsible, okay? I'm not talking about that. I've seen that in Pentecostalism. I'm being really plain with you. I've seen it in Pentecostalism where people's have somebody has an irresponsibility in their character or an irresponsibility in their nature, and they try to make it seem like they're operating on this, you know, no horrors barred assignment in God, but really they're just being irresponsible. And they like being irresponsible, and this allows them to continue to be irresponsible. That is not what we're talking about here. God is a God of order, and God is not irresponsible. We are not talking about that. But what we are talking about is when we worry, the Bible says, do not worry for each day has enough worries of its own. And when we get, when our courage is robbed of us because we're idolatrously following something. And so now that, that we got them, this has got to be successful. Or I'm going to die or this has got to work or I'm going to be depressed or this has got to happen or, so, or the world's going to come to an end. I know I'm exaggerating, but you know what I'm talking about. When you get like that and you get caught up in these idolatries, the commission goes completely out the window. Now you're not even thinking about that anymore. You're no longer on assignment. You're obsessed. Isaac was the child of promise, but God needed to make sure Abraham understood. At the end of the day, it's about me. Oh, don't sacrifice that child. I need him. Here's a ram in the thicket. Sacrifice the ram. Child has to live. And so start to open your heart and mind to what glory God is about to take you into and stop focusing on what God is asking you to die to. Trust God that if it truly is God asking you to die to it, then it needed to die. And allow yourself to be taken into the promised land. Be a Joshua in this season. Be strong and courageous. Be very strong and very courageous. Be ready to enter into what God is taking you to. Because all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him. And he has sent you on an assignment. And nothing can stop you from doing that assignment. Because he is with you to the very end of the age. Father Lord, we thank you. We praise you, my God. We lift your name up high. We ask for your glory to overshadow every aspect of our being. And we pray that your glory and your majesty and your grace fill our hearts. We pray, Father God, against every spirit of confusion. And we're anxious to be stretched. We're anxious to die to whatever we've got to die to. Father God, you can strip us down to a gas can. We're going to drive where we got to go. We're going to do what you ask us to do. We're going to lay down all our Isaacs. We're going to flow in the fullness of the glory that you've assigned us. Father God, give us the heart of Joshua, give us the mind of Jesus, and give us the love of the Holy Spirit to flow and to operate in the fullness of your glory. We pray, my God, for every soul that's here. We pray against any physical infirmity that anybody might be struggling with, my God. We pray against any depressions, doubts, worries, concerns, anxieties, Lord. And we lift your name on high. We pray your glory and your majesty and your grace overshadow us. In Yeshua's mighty name and the body of Christ says, can we get an amen in the house of the Lord? Amen. Amen. Amen.
Amen. Praise God. Saints, have a great morning. Enjoy your Friday. Look forward to speaking with you again soon. Blessings. Blessings. You all too.